The Ashes, Senna and Prost, the Ryder Cup, the Rock and John Cena, Federer and Adele, Taylor Van Gerwen. Sports have rivalries. Some last longer than others, but do any mean as much to fans, families, even whole towns and cities than a football rivalry? Something that is able to bring strangers together and in the same moment divide friends and families, even relationships for that 90 minutes. This is what matters. A sport that is almost tribal in its fan base. I'm Mark from the Project Football Podcast, alongside Reedy from the Beat the First Man Podcast. This is Know Your Enemy. So, welcome to Know Your Enemy podcast, episode two. It's me, Reedy, also beat the first man fame, and... It's me, Mark, from the Project Football podcast. So, we come together and we discuss football rivalries, as you would have heard in the intro, and this week's football rivalry is no less than the War of the Roses. Do you want to get your War of the Roses gag in now, Mark? Well, I was going to say, is it Slash versus John Squire, but I'm guessing with it being football, it might not be. I mean... Slash might be a Stoke fan. Um, Could be, yeah. Not, I'm not sure if Squire's red or blue. No, I don't I'm not 100% get in any trouble. Sure. I think he's red, but I'm not 100% sure. But either way, is it those two that we've got? It's not those two. Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> so we have gone for the ultimate rivalry in my eyes Leeds United versus Manchester United. Although, as we do, you know, we, we'll dig into a bit later. Is it Manchester United's biggest rivalry? That's what we need to dig into during the show for definite. So, Mark, who have you got for us from Manchester United then? I have managed to secure us none other than the Her Game 2 ambassador for Manchester United, Natalie. Excellent stuff. Uh, how about you? Who have you got representing the Leeds? Well, we have got a woman called Heidi. She's been a season ticket holder for decades and decades and decades. I'm sure she's going to have some great stories and also an author about following Leeds United as well. So I think she's going to have some good stories for us once we get stuck into it. I say she'll know her stuff then, definitely. Uh, 100%, I reckon. She's a well-known face around uh, around Leeds matches, so uh, I think she'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, excellent. Let's, uh, let's get into it, shall we? Best you give us a bit of the history, Mark. I know this is your oh, bit. Do I have to? Yeah, I might as well. I've, I've done the research, if you Go can call it. it that. I'll start booing when you give out the Man United wins. Um, I, I could just mute you for that, possibly. <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know... You can say, don't believe everything you read on the internet, and it may well be true for this, but this is what I've managed to find. Um, the first match against the two was a nil-nil draw in Division 2 on the 20th of January, 1923. So it's not far off the centenary of that, is it? No, Whether it won't be far. What, another Six or seven months year. away? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Year. Uh, the most recent match um, before... The start of the next Premier League season it was on the 20th of February uh, this year, and it was Leeds <coughs> to Manchester United four. And also officially the wettest day in history. I can confirm that. 
having been there that day. It always makes for an interesting game, doesn't it, with some sly tackles. And, <laughs> uh, makes it good old Sunday league standards. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, um, the overall record uh, is Leeds have won 26. Man United have got down as winning 49. And there's been 36 draws. Uh, Pre-Prem, the biggest win for Leeds was 5-0 uh, at home in uh, Division 1. Uh, that was on the 20th of December, 1930. And then the biggest win for Man United in the pre-Prem era was 6-0 in Division 1 as well on the 9th of September, 1959. Uh, since the inception of the Premier League, so, you know, we're acknowledging that football existed before and after 1992, just to Excellent. get that clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leeds' biggest win, and if this is wrong, I apologise, I've got it down as being 3-1 on the 24th of uh, December, 1995. The only, Premier, the only Premier League game ever to have been played on Christmas Eve. Oh, there you go. That's another little nugget for us. There you go. What a little gem. And what a great game for it to have been. <laughs> well, for you, definitely. <laughs> on the other side of that coin. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So you might want to just give yourself a few seconds away for this. I'll go and get a drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's three times where the winning margin for Man U has been by four goals. Um, the first one was the 7th of September, 96 at Old Trafford, 4-0. Uh, these have all been in the Premier League, by the way. Uh, the next one was the 20th of December, 2020, which was 6-2. And one of my favourite scorelines, but that's for something that was discussed in the previous episode. The 14th of August, 2021, Again, at old. Notice how all these have been at Old Trafford. Yeah, we're not. We've got a great record there. Never battered you on your own patch properly. <laughs> but then no, again, not not too badly. <laughs> maybe the ref wasn't as deep in their pockets at Elland Road, so couldn't comment. No, fair enough. I'm allowed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 14th of August, 2021 is Man U five Leeds one. So that's your little bit of history uh, for this particular fixture. Good stuff, which I think just leaves us one thing to do, Mark. That's uh, get stuck into the show, I reckon. Sounds good to me. So here we go. Know your enemy, Leeds United versus Manchester United. So here we are, second episode of the Know Your Enemy podcast with myself and Mark. And as we teased on social media, this time it is the War of the Roses. It's the White Rose of Leeds United. And we are joined by no less than Heidi of Leeds United. Heidi, how are we? I'm all right, thank you. Welcome aboard the show. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, no problem. And representing the Red Rose of Manchester, and God bless her, she's struggling, but she's going to soldier on through, uh, representing Manchester United, it's Natalie. How are we, Natalie? I'm doing good, I'm doing good, yeah. You're surviving? I'm surviving. I'm doing good, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... We've obviously given you the background to the show. We're literally going to talk about the rivalry, what it means to you, what you think of the other teams. And we've got obviously a few little features that we like to throw in just to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, but I think what we do like to do, first of all, is um, it's a bit cruel, really. It's about know your enemy and it's how well you know your enemy. And the last thing you want to do is get every single question right. On the plus side, they are multiple choice. <laughs> So, Mark, do you want to go first with the uh, the Man United questions? Okay, so Heidi, uh, you'll be answering a few questions on Man United. So, if you want to get them all wrong, that's entirely up to you. But let's <laughs> <laughs> no, say, was it a broken watch? Is well, broken clock is right twice a day. So, 
There you go. All right. So the first one is, what year were Manchester United formed? Is it 1877, 1878 or 1879? Well, that says I haven't got a clue. Um, <laughs> I'll go for last one. It's, what, 1879? 1879. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, in the season that's just finished, the 21-22 season, who was Man United's top goal scorer? Was it Bruno Fernandes? Cristiano Ronaldo or Marcus Rashford? Fernandes. You go for Fernandes. Okie dokie. Uh, the follow-up on that, how many did they score? Was it 24, 25 or 26? 25. Like I say, I ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's, that's fair enough. That's the beauty of this. You, if you that's genuinely don't know, great. Well, yeah. concentrate on reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, well... I say last season, who was the Man United captain? Was it Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire or David De Gea? Maguire. Okay. Uh, what year was Old Trafford opened? 1910, 1912 or 1914? 1910. Okay. Um, your last one, you'll be glad to know. Um, <laughs> what, what name were Manchester United? United originally formed under was it Newton Town, Newton United, or Newton Heath? Newton Heath. Okay, that's those done. So, Reedy, if you want to, yeah, Natalie, are you ready for your uh, your Leeds United quiz? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> right. So, when were Leeds United formed? Was it 1918, 1919, or 1920? 1918. Who was Leeds United's top goal scorer of the season just gone? Dan James, Jack Harrison, or Rafinha? Rafinha. Okay. And how many goals did whoever was top scorer score? Was it 11, 12, or 13? 13. Uh, who is Leeds United's current captain? Liam Cooper, Calvin Phillips, or Stuart Dallas? Calvin Phillips. What year was Ellen Road opened? 1897, 1898 or 1899? 1899. And finally, you'll also be pleased to know, what team was disbanded to form Leeds United? Was it Leeds FC, Leeds City or AFC Leeds? AFC Leeds. Right. Do you want to reveal your score first, Mark? Right, well, I've got that Heidi scored three for the Man United questions. Natalie, you'll be delighted to know you only scored one on the Leeds United questions. Yeah, which one? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's like golf, isn't it? The lowest score wins, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, should we go through the answers then? Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's just get back down to the United ones. Uh, they were formed in 1878. So you, you got your first three wrong and you, you had a strong second half. <laughs> uh, top goal scorer was Ronaldo with 24 uh, and then you got Maguire is the captain Old Trafford opened in 1910 and they were originally formed as Newton Heath okay uh, and the Leeds ones Natalie so they were formed Leeds were formed in 1919 uh, you got Rafinha right as the top goal scorer and he actually scored 11 uh, Liam Cooper is the current captain 
Ellen Road was opened in 1897 and the club that would disbanded to form Leeds United was Leeds City. You don't want to admit to that as a Leeds fan, do you? <laughs> like I say, not lots of things. That's the first bit of fun out of the way. So, uh, next bit is uh, we've not really got names for these features, just we'll just move on to the next bit, you know. Um, past and present. So, I don't know who should we go for? Who answered first? Heidi, you answered the questions first. So, we'll go Natalie first for this one. Um, which past Man United player and which present Man United player, sorry, Leeds players? Okay. I'm getting confused. It's all these United, you see. <laughs> with, with, with someone United. who supports the name there's only one that's right hiding playing red <laughs> there it is playing red I'm, I'm going to say Scunthorpe United there we go <laughs> <laughs> no, um, alright so let's go this again Natalie past Leeds player and a present Leeds player that you would have in the Man United squad today well I was well, we had them, didn't we? And I used to love Alan Smith as well because I was little when when all these came. And I remember when Rio came, so we're talking past now. I thought, oh, class. And, and he was obviously class. Cantona was a bit before my time. But, you know, I still remember sort of even it's still now, you know, what he's done and everything like that. But if you had to, I'm going to go nice for Heidi and the Leeds fans. If I had to say one player who I thought, you know, was class, Back then, because Leeds was up there back then, you know, let, let's, you know, as United fans, I know they're back in the Premier League now, but they were proper competing at the top. And I remember, like, you know, the, the game at, at Highbury that helps us, like, sort of win the league kind of thing, you know. So, one, I'd say um, Mark Viduka. For me, I think he was class. Um, he'd be one that, you know, we didn't get, but I don't know if they're after him ever, but, you know, I would have liked to have seen him because I, I think he was a class striker. You know, just when I think back to that nostalgic kind of era of the 90s Premier League, he, he was always the one that you, you remember and being like Leeds through and through and uh, played to him and, and Leeds for that because he was a class striker for me and bagged loads of goals. So sort of a target man, wasn't he, Viduka? But he had that little bit of turn of pace about him at times. Yeah, I liked him. He was a good player. Uh, like you say, isn't it? You know, match of the day was on and, you know, if you ever Leeds came on, and I watched it, it was always him scoring the goals. So, you know, I, I do I do think he's a class player. Present, um, well, we're after him, maybe. I know they're saying he won't come now, but, you know, England team did well in the Euros, Calvin Phillips. And we sort of need that kind of player, I think, you know, a bit of grit and determination and not really got that a lot of our midfield. So I'd definitely um, take him now currently. I mean, Rafinha is a class player as well. I think he's got that touch of, well, yeah, Brazilian class, but I think Phillips would be more suited now. But, you mean, I was going to go for 11 in that question, but I just thought, oh, no, no, it would be more than that and went for 13. But, you know, he's a class player. Even Dan James now, he's all the United fans who say never should have sold him. I mean, surprise, we got that much money for him. Um, shows that we can negotiate. But if I had to say any of them, yeah, Phillips, I think, would would be solid, would give everything, would, you know, fight for the badge. I know he's Leeds boy and all this and that, but if he came to United, I think he would add something that we've not got. So I've got to say, Heidi, Reedy, what are your thoughts on those choices? Heidi, you go first. 
Well, I didn't hear all of it because it actually cut out. You did cut so, out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I sort of only, I can't remember where it cut out. So I missed some of it. So do you want to just... Well, I'd, so Mark Viduka, obviously you chose Mark Viduka. I loved Mark Viduka. Mark Viduka and Heidi, I'm sure, will back me up, was the most, a polarised opinion massively with supporters. There were certain supporters who just weren't having him because the man barely ran. But when that ball came in the 18-yard box, I genuinely don't think there was many better in the Premier League era. He was he was unbelievable in the penalty box. Um, and the game against Liverpool, with the famous one where he scored all four and we won 4-3, I was sat two rows in front of a bloke who absolutely was caning him when we were losing, absolutely hammered him. And when he scored his first, fourth goal, I just turned around and said to him, are you all right with him now, mate? Said, oh, he still won't run. He's still rubbish. He's still lazy. And honestly, it was unbelievable. How many fans used to attack him for being lazy was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he scored some vital goals. And I think that Liverpool game, as you say, there were just excellent goals oh. that day. And, uh, you know, but... Yeah, it, it's catch-22 um, when we were going down. I, I don't think they performed the way they should have done, but, you know, you take into account the goals that they've scored and that's a lot to it, really. Definitely. Uh, in that case, we're going to hand back over to you now, Heidi. So, yeah. past Man U player, present Man U player that you'd have at Ellen Road. Well, I mean, we, we got a good one with Johnny Giles, didn't we? <laughs> uh, he, he was um, a great one and Strachan, they, they came to us. Uh, I mean, if you're wanting one who hasn't actually come our way, um, I suppose I always did like Brian Kidd back in the day um, or Dennis Law, but uh, didn't really, you know, you, you didn't really know a lot about him. You just saw him through match of the day, really. Uh, and I didn't dislike him, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't, I, like I say, I, I don't really tend to look at any other club. And through them being all they are, I just ignore it half at time. So uh, <laughs> uh, a pleasant one. I suppose it, I, I wouldn't really want anybody in the team, but um, I suppose Ronaldo does... He's the only one I think out of the present team who would probably uh, go on and score goals and things like that. So that's the only one I could sort of say. But uh, I've ne never really had any preference for any other player coming our way, um, apart from the ones who came. I mean, we sent some their way, which, uh, you know, with McQueen and Jordan and, uh, and obviously Cantona, as I say. And to, to me, we gave them the final piece of the jigsaw that was their difference between them uh, starting to do well and not doing well. But uh, that's the way I look at it. You love it. You love it. You love to see it. <laughs> it well, it's true. Uh, that was the biggest mistake Wilco made by yeah. selling him to you. You know, yeah. should never have gone your way, but that's how, that's history. You've got to deal with it. So I forced myself to do it, Mark. I didn't want to, but I did force myself to do it. So, Past player, and this is this is a bit of you know when you have um, you know a guilty music that you like, and uh, you know when you admit to the music. I loved Andre Konchalskis, absolutely loved Andre Konchalskis as a footballer because he just used to get the ball, smash it down the line, and chase after it, and just take people on for fun. He is the one 
Man United player I'd love to see her sign. Absolutely love to see her sign. And there's not many of their team that I would ever say that about. But he is one that I really, really wanted. And when he went to Everton, I thought, this is our chance. Now we can go and buy him. We're signing him from Everton. We're not signing him from them. So it'll be <laughs> all right. Um, and current player... So one I would have had because I think he would he would have fitted the system beautifully last season would have been Cavani because he'd have been perfect for how we were playing under Bielsa, but obviously he's now gone. So I had to choose one that's still there. I'd probably take the hair would be the one I would take over over Melier. But I'm yeah I'm clutching at straw. I wouldn't have Ronaldo now. Ronaldo ten years ago, yeah, but not now. I was going to say with the. Uh... I did think De Gea possibly, um, but it seems like, and I, I don't know if Natalie feels the same way with him being a United player, but I'm seeing it from a sort of goalkeeping perspective. It seems as though he got to that sort of peak where he wasn't making any mistakes after the first maybe couple of seasons where he got used to the pace of the Premier League and the physicality. But the last two, maybe three seasons, there's been a, a few more mistakes creeping into his game. So, I mean... Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I know there's a big. How can you say like if you like I say like social media can be hit and miss sometimes, but there's a big drive I'd say on social media and in the ground a bit that he's not that he's coming towards the end. He's, he's I know last year after sort of Oli um, Ranyet sort of loved him, and I do think he'll make saves, and I do think you know he was a big part of us staying in games for a long period, but. When you look at, and I hate this kind of term, but it's true, modern goalkeepers, they've got to be able to, you know, play out with their feet, do this kind of thing, be the be the sort of 11th player rather than just being a goalkeeper who says you've got to be able to distribute, you've got to be able to pass under pressure. Um, and I just think that he's not really that kind of keeper. Maybe there was times when he was all right, but I just feel with the way the game's changed, you know, people prefer... Um, I think he is good and I feel like, well, maybe this is controversial, Cove is sort of not getting the jabs and then being out for Dean Henderson. I think he would have taken him. It looks like he's leaving now, maybe. Um, But yeah, he was out for quite a while. So it led to De getting his place back. And then I just think now potentially De is going to be here till, till the end. But, you know, no disrespect now for a team like Leeds. David De Gea would be great. Not in a horrible way, I'm really sorry, but it would <laughs> save so many points that it would be good. And I know Man United, you could say we're in middle table now. Yeah, okay, but they're maybe thinking we're gonna we could get better. Whereas I think Leeds he'd do great things. Natalie, out of interest, so obviously he's played behind what can only be described. I mean, I, you know, I, we speak from a position of strength. We we are the ultimate car crash defence this season in terms of conceding goals. So I think I speak from a little yeah, bit of yeah, a position of knowledge. Different. So yeah. do you think who's playing in front of him is part of what's made it difficult for him? Because he does... He does always seem to have a bit of a bomb scare in front of him in terms of the full yeah. play in front of him. I mean, God, there's times when Maguire kicks it back and it's going into the top corner and he has to pull it out. So you've got to give the guy credit, you know? <laughs> and I do think that people are a bit, yeah, because there hasn't been a settled defence. There isn't a settled defence. And I mean, God knows what's going to happen next year. I don't think there'll potentially be a settled defence. I think he's going to change it around a bit, you know? I think even probably even you could say about the defenders, they've got car crash midfielders in front of them. <laughs> that you can say about the attackers. I mean, Ronaldo, like you say, but he's not he's not there. So every, everything's a car crash currently, really, where we want to be. It's still good enough to sort of 
get us Europa League football eventually, but it's been a car crash season and I know we're going to come onto it, but other than that Leeds game, you ask Man United fans what's been a highlight, you have to say for us, the first game of the season against Leeds, that's the only highlight. When people come up with what's a highlight of the season, it's just that, and Ronaldo coming back, and that's where we're at. And, you know, for example, I, I, you know, people are like, we should, we should. You know, I saw some, an Arsenal fan recently saying about how can they talk like this? And I think, yeah, how can we talk like this? We're not going to, we're nowhere near it. And I mean, I know they're saying, oh, it won't be six years and all, but how can you say how long anything's going to be until we do anything? For me, I think bigger problems at United than, than what's on the pitch. I think that doesn't help. I think a lot of them don't care. Um, down tools. Whereas at least with Leeds, I think when your manager came in, they started to, to work for each other. I've not even seen that with United, really. So, of course, there's massive issues there. But, um, you know, I think it's all a car crash, not just the defence. So, yeah, he's the one who stood out as a, as a quality, you know, him and Ronaldo stood out at both ends of the park. Yeah. Just everything else in between that hasn't quite gone to plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what we didn't go over at the start, and I feel very unprofessional for this, is sort of going over how Heidi and Natalie sort of got to support in their respective teams a little bit about them. You know? <laughs> so if we just sort of, should we just nudge that in there now? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So Heidi, do you want to start? How did you become a Leeds fan? Um, um, give us a bit of background on you. 1965 FA Cup final against Liverpool. Uh, Leeds were our local club. I lived in a little village called uh, Carlton in between Selby and Gould. And even though it was 30 miles away from Leeds, they were our local club. There was also a link to Leeds in the village. Um, Brian Baker, who ran the coach company, Abbey Coachways, used to take um, coaches to the home games and some of the nearer away ones. And um, he's a, he was a season ticket holder at Leeds. So there was a lot of Leeds interest in the local area. Um, when I went to Selby, well, it was Selby, Selby High School to begin with before it changed to Selby Grammar School when the boys arrived. Um, I was, uh, I met my friend Sue, we're still friends to this day and go to games together. And her dad took me to Elland Road for um, her 12th birthday party. I mean, well, birthday present. Um, then days they used to um, play records over the Tannoy, and um, a dad had arranged for them to uh, play um, a record for someone, myself and Fiona, who'd gone there. We had our names read out over the Tannoy. We were in Lowfields Road, and I know we played Lily the Pink by the Scaffold, but I couldn't tell you who we played or anything like that. Um, no scores. Um, I went to sporadic games up till leaving school and um, then I started, well, I made a pact with Sue, see how many games we could go to without missing one. I went seven years home and away without missing a Leeds game and uh, also went abroad to see Leeds in the 70s. I had another seven years of not missing a game home and away when I started running the Selby branch of the Leeds United Supports Club in the 80s. And um, I'm a home and away season ticket holder now. Uh, I started writing uh, my first book, Follow Me in Leeds United, which is based a true story based on uh, a diary I kept in the 70s. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, well, I'm just a Leeds nut, there you go. Um, it's the camaraderie of the Leeds support that has got me through some really tough times. And even when things have been bad on the pitch, it's the fans that has kept everybody together. And um, 
you know, that's what I love about it. Uh, I love the atmosphere, I love the singing. We've just recorded um, over 200 songs and chants from the Terrace as a group of Leeds fans, which are all the Prophets of Lentable Leeds United Academy Foundations. So uh, just do whatever we can to, to sort of bring the name of Leeds up and always go around wearing the Leeds colours. And, you know, been to the hospital last two days and met different Leeds fans in the lift. What what chance to that? You know, but it, it brings a topic topic of conversation everywhere I go. Uh, that, that's the that's football shows on Reedy. If you found this as well, like if you go out with uh, mostly West Bromfield, but I've got like random other tops as well, and you're in the supermarket or something, and someone's like, Oh, you support so and so? It's like, No, I've just got the shirt, yeah, that sort of thing. But yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, Natalie, what's your sort of history with uh, Man United? Yeah, so I mean. I've not been doing it as long as Heidi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm not wrapping it as well as Heidi now. But um, I'm a 90s baby. I think I saw and gave it away by picking the players that I did. Um, and it, growing up, my dad sort of liked football, but he wasn't like a mad football fan. I think it was more my uncle that was into it and he wanted to take me like everywhere. So when he went, we sort of went everywhere. Everywhere we could go, we sort of went. And I think it was... The Cantona song for me. When I was four, I was on a plane to Disneyland Paris. So at the time, I think I just liked football. I just liked going to the park, like doing stuff. But I think um, it was something that I heard. It was a United song. Ooh, oh, Cantona. Ooh. And it just, I loved it. I just loved the whole room of it. I loved the feeling of being together. And I saw him on the plane when I was four. And my mum tells me this story. And apparently I jumped out of my seat and started like running up and down, like trying to find him and singing this song. And they had to grip me back in my seat. I mean, I don't think he reacted. It would have been great if he did. I think the day of social media now, you probably would have had loads of pictures and she could have shown me it all. But, you know, I think I, I love that kind of energy. And I was always told that story. And, you know, I think when I was eight, I went to my first game um, and it was... Um, versus Leicester and I think it was eight or something around that but it was versus Leicester and I just loved the whole like just the crowd the crowd of it being in Old Trafford being I was in the K stand um, which is like East stand if anyone knows um, and I was near the away fans and just a back and forth and just singing about Manchester I just loved it um, Obviously, you know, it helped. Man United was successful. But for me, it's always been Man United. I'm like Heidi. As soon as I could, I got myself a season ticket. When I was at uni, I was going a lot, coming back from Nottingham where I was to Manchester to watch all the games. And then because I had it for so long, I ended up going to like European away. So I've seen us win um, the European Cup under Jose. I've seen us, um, well, in Macedonia in the European Super Cup. Um, obviously, COVID's happened, so I've not been able to go as much like these past few years. But I was in Paris, you know, when Oli won um, against Paris Saint-Germain that last minute. And then obviously that gave him the the, the, the job. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot. I'm very blessed. You know, I've seen us win FA Cups, League Cups, like I said. Um, seen tr trophy parades of the Premier League, never got to see that one, but hopefully again soon. And I'm like Heidi, I wear it everywhere. I rep all my colours. I've got, like, if I open up my, my wardrobe, it's just United shirts. It's not just, like, the shirts with a badge on. It's like, you know, like, when you get cartoons. So, like, cartoons of when Rashford scored his first goal at the Etihad and, like, 
cartoon pictures of like different strikers on my shirt, cartoon of like Zlatan and all that stuff. And I got that out in Stockholm, actually, um, when we were playing in the European Cup final, they just had a like a Zlatan shirt. And I thought, I've got to buy that. Um, he's in this little Sweden, but it's like a little character caricature caricature of him. So I love those kind of shirts where they're not necessarily, you know, badge where you probably won't get in like a, a bar or something, but you can still tell if you know about football. Oh, that's um that event and yeah, you still get sort of let in kind of to different places rather than people stopping you, like what Mark said, like, who do you support? Who support this? It's more a case of, you know, fair, like people let on, oh right, that's about that. All right, I see what you mean. Am I right in saying as well that you're the her game to ambassador for Manchester United? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, Manchester, well, I'm really into when they formed the women's team, I really got into that as well. So I'm like supporter of women's football for her game too. And obviously, you know, Man United um, are a big part of that for me. That's how I really got into women's football. So I'm, I'm the ambassador, yeah. And I feel like it's important, um, her game too, because, Definitely. you know, a lot of... Sometimes I find maybe it's just me. I don't know what Heidi experiences, so I don't want to speak for other people. But you know, I've never experienced it directly. But people make comments, you know, oh, you're all right, or sort of think that they can. This is sort of my. They can sort of, you know, you you up for dating them because you just come in to watch the football and things like that. And I just feel like, you know, women should be able to go and watch football and and support just as much as men and you know for example I was in a pub one day and I was with my friend he didn't even watch football and still this old guy just kept looking at my friend asking him the questions and, and instead of asking me and I thought I'm telling you the answers I'm telling you I've traveled the world to watch Man United but for some reason my opinion wasn't valid because I was a woman and I think things like her game too are needed to, to sort of say that everyone can watch football everyone can play football everyone should be able to love and enjoy what they do. It shouldn't just be, this is our game and they're ruining it, kind of comments that you do get. Um, it should just be, the more fans we have, the better it is, because that's why I fell in love with it, because it is that togetherness, that feeling. When you score a goal, do you think you're looking and thinking, oh, that's a woman? And no, you're thinking, we just won. It's fantastic. I love it, you know? So I'm not thinking anything about anyone when, when we're winning. So why is it that like these comments come out if it you know if a woman has an opinion that's different or you know I don't I don't know it's just it's just mad for me because we should be about getting more people to support your club rather than being this kind of judgmental or you, you you're not allowed kind of thing I don't understand that to be honest and I'll, I'll, obviously I'll, I'm guessing you agree with this really that the her game two thing is it's not something that we necessarily want to have and I don't mean that in a bad way but it's something that we need to get that sort of thing noticed and say look this is happening it shouldn't be yeah I mean 100% for me actually it's easy for me and you Mark to sit here and say the her game two things great and that's what we really need as two blokes who go to football and don't suffer any of the experiences that women suffer at football no. actually despite the team she support, supports, and we'll let, we'll let that go for the sake of this conversation, I thought, Natalie, what she just said, I could have sat and listened to that for two or three minutes, absolutely summed it up beautifully. And the passion that both Heidi and Natalie show for their teams when they first supported the teams and talking about it, this is what people need to listen to. Ignore the fact of whether they're male or female. It doesn't matter in the slightest. No. They're just football fans. 
And if it, you, we're going to come on to it. We're bound to come on to a 4-2 game at Ellen Road this season. When we scored the second goal and equalised, having scored two in 60 seconds, I literally just turned around and hugged the nearest person to me. I couldn't have cared if they were male, female, alien. I genuinely didn't care less. Whoever it was, was getting hugged. Full stop. There was n- no worry about... I didn't turn around and go, oh, no, woman, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just leaping on top of people. I didn't care. But that, it, that's what it should be about. And, you know, the, the, the women on, on, on here and any woman that goes to football grounds should be able to do that and not have to think about, like Natalie says, you know, a bloke in a pub talking to her friend who doesn't even give a shit about football. It's just... Oh. It's so 19, it's 1920s, 1930s, not even 1970s. To be honest, I've seen it rearing its head uh, the last few years. And I've said it a long time, we're going back to the 70s. Because as a female, going to football games in the 70s, it was very, very bad for us. Um, Can you hear me? Because it looks as if it's cut off. Yeah, you're all right. Not sure if you can hear me or not, but... um, Oh, she's done a cow. <laughs> Wait, two podcasts and twice this happened. <laughs> at least, yeah. well, at least I, with that, this, go on, sorry. I just want to say what, what Heidi says, it does feel like it is coming back worse. I don't know whether it's because people have been starved of it kind of a bit. I don't know with the COVID, but it does feel like, you know, I've had an incident where I've never had anything and then suddenly it comes up, you know, up, up um, this season. So it's sort of, I don't know. I don't know if it's like the growth of women's game as as well. Maybe maybe that's what it is, and people are seeing more women's football on the telly and thinking, "Who the hell are they?" Kind of thing. Just it's just madness. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope I think she's coming back now. But it's good to hear Heidi's experience from then now and how it's changed. <laughs> You're back, Heidi. Yes, I don't know what happened. There, but... <laughs> So back to the 70s, Heidi, we, we got yeah. to there. Like I say, I mean, social media obviously is a lot bigger. Well, it's bigger because it never existed back, back when I started going to football. But as a female going to football games, it was very, very bad. And this is really what's in my my first book, Follow Me and Leeds United. And I think I might have lost you again. <laughs> no, you're all right at the moment. I'm not going to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it, it relays everything that happened to us going to football games. Um, the sexual abuse, the name calling and everything, it, it was it was bad. It was horrendous. And people, when they've read my book, they says, but why did you continue going? And I said, because I wanted to follow my team. And I thought, nobody is stopping me from following my team. However hard it was, you know, you'd get home, you'd cry and you sleep on it and then you get back onto it. And I wanted to follow my team and that's what I did. But, you know, we had to put up with a heck of a lot of stuff in those days. Uh, you know, uh, the amount of people you'd turn around and crack. But there again, I, I wouldn't dare crack another away, you know, the, another supporter. But you used to have your bum nipped. But you could cope with that. That was really quite mild. It's, you know, you used to have wandering hounds. You used to get called all the names under the sun. And it was horrible. Uh, and, you know, you shouldn't have to put up with it. But in the end, when I had my first two children and went back to away games, it were like all that abuse stopped. And I, th- I don't know whether it's because it's the younger girls. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it was only very, very early on. And then, to be honest, I, I've not, I can't say I've had any issues since then. Um, 
but I've seen it. I saw it with my, my, my daughters, you know, when we were next to the away fans, when we had to move out of the family stand, but we were right next to, South, uh, to Cheese Wedge. And that was horrible. There's horrible things there again. And so I've seen it rearing its head quite a bit recently. And, you know, obviously this campaign, that's when you've realised it's the younger girls who seem to be having to, you know, have that opinion again. But, um, you know, as you say, their opinion's just as valid as anybody else's. So, 100%. Definitely. And, um, you know, we'll... we'll get back on to on track in a minute I'll just say I've got two young daughters so if they ever come to the football with me oh, God forbid anyone would give them any grief because I would probably say something that would get me kicked out of most football grounds to be fair <laughs> but uh, no, more power to the, the, the campaign definitely and you know for the girls involved keep well, keep it going We've got all girls that have been going to football with us all the time. So, you know, we've kept it going, we, regardless of what's gone on. You know, uh, my daughters have been all over the place following needs. So that's what you do. So you've got to overcome these things. It's not easy, but if you want to do it, you've got to do it. That's it. So from the list I've got here, and I think Reedy's got the same list as me, it's over to you now for some... Uh... Tough yeah, question, tough choices. A little section we like to call Hobson's Choice. Uh, it's not easy. It's a simple, you get one question and you can only give one or out of the two answers. So I'm going to be kind because obviously I do feel a bit of guilty that there's a Leeds host and a Leeds guest and there's only one of our Man United friends on screen. So Natalie, I'll let you go first. Oh, you're still there. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, sorry. It's like oh. my, I have to press on mute, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Right, so here's your choices. You can either beat Leeds twice, but you miss out on the top four and Leeds finish comfortable mid-table, or you lose to us twice, both times with last-minute goals, but you go into the last day with a chance of a Champions League place, which I can't guarantee you get, and leads battle relegation all season. Last one, battle relegation all season. So you'd lose to us twice, both times with last minute goals? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I could take that. <laughs> that would break me. I know, but then you've got all season to laugh, haven't you? So. <laughs> well, you're it... great. Go on. I was going to say, what if you come to it in, just in this hypothetical scenario that the last game that the fixture computer threw up was Leeds Man United? Oh, and you scored the last minute one to stay up, and then that winner cost United a Champions League. Place. Yeah, then I'd swap it. Then I'd swap it. But if it wasn't that, and if I knew that it was just the, the times when we did play them at the start and at the end, then yeah. I'd, uh, I'd, t- I'd take the, go second, the second one. one. That's just me trying to throw a cheeky little curveball in there. Yeah. So just ignore <laughs> it. <laughs> right. So, Heidi, now part of this will feel pretty recent, to be honest. But so the first one, you can beat Man United twice, home and away, but you end up with a season of struggle and possible relegation. So I can't guarantee that we'll stay up or lose heavily to them twice. I'm having deja vu, uh, but finish comfortably in mid table. You'd go for the last one, wouldn't you? You know, at the end of the day, it's just as it is. So, you know, I take each game as it comes. So you deal with what's in front of you, but rather stay, you know, rather not be battling relegation if we can help it. So I'd rather go for it. Because once once we've 
played the game. It's out of sight, out of mind for me. So I could forget about them defeats very, very, very easily and just move on to the next one. So. Oh, okay, that's that. That's that's the type of attitude I need to adopt going forward this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you've got the next bit as well, Reedy. Trip down yeah, memory so, lane, isn't it? Yeah, we're talking memories. So let's go, Heidi, let's start with you. So we're going to get, there's quite a simple three, really. So your earliest memory of the fixture, your best memory of the fixture, and your worst memory of the fixture. Well, my earliest one was probably thinking of when we went there in 74, when uh, Clark and Jones scored. We won 2-0 at Old Trafford and they got relegated at the end of the season. So that was a, a good one for us. Um, what am I supposed to remember? So your, your best memory and your worst memory of the fixture. Uh, worst memory. I'm just trying to think which was the worst one. Um, well, I suppose the worst you could say was at Ellen Road when Wes Brown scored an own goal. We should have, uh, you know, we scored, but the referee disallowed it for offside, and that was the difference between us getting that extra point to stay in the Champions League or oblivion. So basically, you've got to say that that's the worst decision that happened. So worst one. And your best memory of the fixture? Um, best memory? I'm just trying to think. Um, I suppose it's just... just um, I know, I've just remembered that. Five to Ellen Road. When we played Southampton one week and we'd played, I think we'd played them first and was it 5-0 or 5-2, I can't remember, but um, we were absolutely out of this world at Elland Road and uh, that was probably my best memory of seeing Leeds play them. Uh, when uh, George Best was in Paulini's pocket. <laughs> so for you, Heidi, so obviously the fixtures come out, I think it's, it's either the end of this week or next week. It's Thursday. It's Thursday, is it? So yep. genuinely, are the first two fixtures you look for Man United home or away? I don't. I'll be honest. I don't look for anybody specific. I just look for each game as it comes, and it don't matter who we play. Um, I'm still as excited. I mean, I won't say I was excited going back to these these grounds again when you haven't been for a long time, but yeah. it's only because I'm following Leeds United, if you understand what I mean. Um, I, I don't care who we play. It's each each team just uh, means doesn't mean nothing to me. It, it's Leeds United, and that's all I'm bothered about. So the fixtures they're, they're going to get changed for TV anyway. So there's no point yeah, well, yeah, you know, memorising <laughs> them to start with. Uh, so Natalie, we're going earliest memory, best memory, and worst memory. Yep. Um. Earliest, I don't know, this one's hard because I'm thinking back, it's going to be in the 90s. Um, so, probably say something like around like 96, I think there might be one, um, like 4-0 at Old Trafford. Just, I'm not trying to, I feel I feel sad now, for, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I just remember, even though like back in the 90s, Leeds had a really great team, I just remember like we majority of them, we just did win. And I know like Heidi's probably will, will bring up some ones where we didn't, but I just think we were always on that winning run, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I just remember it's always like being like Leeds, yeah, we're, we're going to beat them kind of thing. It's a bit like Man City back in the day, we just, I just thought we were going to beat them. For me, it was just, I suppose back then it was like thinking of playing um, Arsenal, 
or sort of um well Liverpool as well for me that's a that's a big kind of kind of one Leeds is up there um and I do remember sort of I think the most like how can I say like vitriol it's yeah. gonna sound like but the most like they are like you know Leeds just hate Man United I just feel that so much like even when I like um when I went to uni I had met a mate who was a Leeds fan and I was sort of like you know, oh Leeds, you're in you're in Division Two, and she was just like, I fucking hate. You. Sorry, <laughs> she was just she went to kill me like right there and then. And there's times when I like I've gone to Leeds for like a night out, and like people have been like, oh we fucking hate. sorry, I'm swearing again, but <laughs> no, you know, no, we ate, and I'm thinking, God, like focus on yourself, guys. Like I mean, I love I love it just when City used to get relegated up and down, but and now they're doing quite well, but. You know, I think back then I just was, even though they were, they were in and around, they were doing really well in Europe. So it was a competitive game. I just always, I don't know, expected to beat Leeds. So then I don't, I hope you don't mind. Then my worst memory is when, um, oh, what's it called? Jermaine Bedford came and you came. And, I, and like I said, I sort of expected to sort of, win against Leeds, especially when you were in the division below and it's in the FA Cup, because I remember you brought so many fans and like you say, there was that much vitriol that I thought, God, not like I was scared, but I just thought, whoa, this is like, you know, because I think any Man United fan knows that when you when we play in like the FA Cup, it's sort of, um, the way that they do tickets is sort of more out to everyone kind of thing. And I think it's because Leeds was sort of a couple of divisions below. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like one where everyone was clamouring, like Premier League games was always that kind of fight it's always a fight to get tickets but I remember um that game and, and then you scored last minute and then you knocked out the FA Cup that was probably like my worst memory because that's when I was going like regularly and everything and um so that one was probably the worst I think between between the times when you were going down and beating you and then probably like I said at the start of the podcast this season the very first game because uh, I think everyone was up for it and even this season's game against Ellen Road because everyone was up for it and we were in a bad patch, I suppose, coming into that game. So the two games this season are probably, and as well, because it's probably recent as well, some of the best in, in just in terms of, I suppose, the rivalry and just where both teams are at, at least you can say it out of our two biggest rivals, out of our three biggest rivals, at least we're still better than Leeds, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Natalie, just, it's a quick one. So obviously, you know, I can I can speak on behalf of Leeds. Like, you know, the, the, it's no secret that you're right. The vitriol towards your team whenever you come to Allen Road or wherever we go there is is massive, and it's more than for any other club. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. You know, oh. the atmosphere definitely changes. You know, only you had to go to Allen Road this season. The atmosphere was very very different on that Sunday in the torrential rain than it was for any other game. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. So, but. Alex Ferguson once famously said that he felt the biggest game that Man United had and the biggest rivalry was against Leeds because of the way the fans at Leeds hated Man United. And he mm. said that made it, his, in his eyes, the biggest rivalry. Where do you think Man United-Leeds sits against, obviously, you've got Man United-Man City, Man United-Liverpool. So you've got, you've got three what I would class as big yeah. rivals where do you think the in terms yeah. of importance as a fan where do you think the Leeds game sits and I don't want to upset anyone please please don't, no, don't honestly just be honest what I will say Leeds does sit third for me and maybe that's just because we're uh, you know born in the 90s sort of 
growing up and sort of watching football rather than sort of whereas people I think got taught it so taught down like I sort of grew up and just started to watch and sort of developed a lot of my rivalry I suppose based on the 90s but I've always felt I do think that the victory you guys hate us like and that that like you say about the victory I just do think that is the most but for me when I'm looking at City sort of come up because they're doing well that's the only other thing I think City isn't really a real derby but if I had to look and say the one game that matters so much, the team that I absolutely hate the most. So I'd probably even say Leeds is second because at the same time City isn't really doesn't really have that passion. If you get what I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but Liverpool, I absolutely that's the one that I just look for. Like if you say if you look for the first game, it would be like, boom, when are we playing Liverpool? Because for me, that is just yeah. But I do love Leeds in that. It's like. Like you say, I, I've been out in Leeds and I was, I can't even remember when it was. It was when we were fighting City for a title and I think City were losing. And I was in a taxi and I said to the guy, oh, what's the score? And he went, Everton are winning or something. And this, and I said, oh, go on. And he went, are you an Evertonian? I said, no, I support United. And he pulled up the car and said, get out of my taxi. I'm not taking it. <laughs> and I was like, are you, are you all right? What's wrong with you? And like I said, didn't have any kind of, you know, I was, I was going out on a night out, um, just like with a few friends, and they just made us pull up the taxi, and then I was having back and forth with him, and my mate was like, "Let's go, let's go." And he's like, "Why are you causing trouble?" And I'm like, "I'm not." <laughs> he's like, "No, you're always causing trouble." Um, but no, I just, I do, I do love that. I love that someone hates us so much. I just do. That is what football is about. Um, that back and forth, that that love and hate, and. You know, like I said, probably in the 90s, it probably was, you know, probably I would have said City third. And like you say, City have come up in importance even more so. But that that passionate hate for each other probably is more their sided. But I don't think it's as, as like you say, vitriol. It's, it's not, not as real, as authentic. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Would you say, like, with the you, you probably put Liverpool at the, the top of the three? Would you say it's a generational thing? So, I mean, from my experience, and with our two being like Wolves and Villa, when my dad was going regularly, it was Villa. Um, but since I was going, since I started going, it was the Wolves. So, would you say it, it's differed from before you started going to when you did start going? Maybe because, like I said, City has got that newfound importance so yeah it is a generational thing so I, like I said when I started to go I do think it was always kind of Liverpool still because I think even though Leeds were up there like I said but I just think Liverpool probably challenges a bit more and I just think that's the the feeling that I get that it's just oh like even though they're doing so well I just hate Liverpool like Nothing can tell you how much I hate Liverpool. So, and I think that that won't change now for me. Maybe kids now fit see a city. I don't know, but for me, and Leeds a bit more now because, like, when I was eighteen, Leeds were you know that's when you guys got relegated, really. So potentially through all my match going time, like hardcore match going time, it never I never really went Leeds. It's only just now that you're back that you know it's it's probably going to build back up again, I think, definitely, because, you know, it's not like we're fighting Man City or Liverpool. For me, like I said, it will always be Liverpool, but it's not like we're fighting them. So, yeah, Leeds will build back up because it'll be that that kind of 
that vitriol mean you know you, you, it'll mean something when you're in that away end and and you can tell how much they hate you but you get the three points you know that, that's what it'll mean that's right you say about the Liverpool thing I'll just I'll, I'll finish on this in a sec um, I work with the lad who's a Man United fan and he would say Liverpool out of those three all day every day twice on Sunday sort of thing yeah 100% yeah, yeah um, I think that's the Hobson's choice is done isn't it yeah, Hobson says pick a mix. It's over to you. Yeah, and uh, th- there's no sweets in this, unfortunately. No. <laughs> um, so, as explained to you prior to, to coming on, um, it's the best mixed 11 that you could come up with. So, seven from your own team, four from the other side, uh, a manager from your side. Um, we'll go go Heidi first. I mean, it doesn't matter if they all play out of different positions, can they? Because, I mean, uh, I was thinking, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> if you throw 11 in that's it if you yeah. co- I mean, cobble I'll them into any sort of formation you're alright uh, I'll go Sprake Reaney Cooper Bremner Giles Clark and Jones um, for uh, them I'd have to say what I said before Dennis Law Bobby Charlton uh, Ryan Greenoff and um, Brian Kidd so that's the only ones I can sort of remember, really. So. That team's scoring a lot of goals. Why not? <laughs> sort of like a front 10, you know. Sort of. <laughs> it's like, lads, what's the game plan? Attack. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, with that side, it's not going to matter, is it? You're not going to need to defend. No. Nah. Best form of defence is attack. I always ask <laughs> Definitely. Well, uh, that's your 11. So, Natalie, what, what have you got for us? Oh, hang on, before, before we go to Natalie, who's, who's managing this well, 11? Well of course. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, my 11 is, I just want to say Fergie's managing as well. Um, my 11 is um, Schmeichel. Then I'd say, um, well, I'm probably going to go to left-backs, but I don't mind, um, on each uh, full-back, Evra and then Dennis Irwin. In the middle, I'd say Rio Ferdinand for Leeds. Uh, that's cheating. <laughs> I'd say, say Vidic <laughs> for my United. So, yeah, um, that's the best for me. I'd say Ronaldo on the right. Calvin Phillips in the middle, because I do think he's a class player. Skulls, Giggs. I don't know if I'm going to get it right. And then Eric Cantona, Leeds. And then Mark Viduca, Leeds. Oh, there you go. There's your four then. That's my four. No, I mean, God, when, when you know, obviously everyone talks about um, Eric obviously joining, but for me, um, when Rio joined as well, for me, I think he's the best centre-back um, that I've ever seen, that I know of, like, really. In, in, I mean, you can talk about modern day, OK, OK, but for me, I think, and a lot of talk was talked about, like, 30 million, but for me, I think, that is well, it is a bargain, and I was so like delighted when he came, and he's just he just proved it in my opinion, and I think he's a class centre back. Well, from my point of view, he was the start of things going wrong for Leeds because he came on this mega contract, and basically that's when they started dishing out big contracts to everybody else, and that's when it was the start of our downfall, to be honest. And I would not have brought him in at all because. I would have kept the youngsters what they had and just built on the youngsters going forward with 
a few players like what we used to have with Bobby Collins and uh, those, you know, just going forward with Billy and everybody, uh, nurturing the young ones. And that's the way I would have carried on. Um, whether it would have worked, I don't know. But um, I think I had high hopes at that time. But to me, that's when things started going wrong with the mega book contracts for me. Mm. That makes sense. You, you, if you can't, you're sort of spending beyond your means then, aren't you? Yeah. And we were good at that. <laughs> we're the exact opposite yeah now Heidi it looks like you might be keeping Calvin so well I don't know if you're fully fully keeping him but you know he's not coming, will be coming your way because yeah. um, <laughs> after Alan Smith came your way um, you know there's just no but I still think Smith didn't really they said he'd had a choice but I think you were the only club that were going to pay us up front and I think we were in such dire straits that's what he had to do at the time but um calvin he if, if he goes anywhere it will not be coming to you i'm positive so he might go across the city mightn't he it's a possibility but um i'm hopeful he stays where he is but yeah one more year, one more year mate, maybe one more year i think we'll find out soon enough won't we <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, Mark, I did one of these. I was just about to say, you've done a team and yourself, tell, haven't you? So, Because it's hard enough picking your best 11. So I thought, right, I'm going to choose two seasons and I'm going to mix the teams up. So I chose the Leeds title winning side of 92 and I chose the Man United treble winning side. Now, it broke my heart to leave out any of the four 1992 title winning side because that, for me, that was the greatest year of my football in life without a shadow of a doubt because I went to most games and it was just, although a lot of it was an alcoholic blur, I won't lie, um, it was just the greatest year. So, but I had to get four Man United ones in. So I start with a keeper. I did take Schmeichel. I put Schmeichel in ahead of John Lukic. Because to be fair, I think you'd have to have Schmeier. As much as I didn't like the bloke, he was, I mean, he's a top class goalkeeper, fantastic goalkeeper. Um, at right back, I've dropped Mel Sterland. Oh, I hate myself. And I've picked Gary Neville. I hate myself even more. <laughs> but I had to put Neville in ahead of Sterling because I had to get four in. So I had to put Neville in in front of Sterling. I kept Dorigo and I kept Chris Fairclough. I put Yap Stam in for Chris White because I think Chris White was an excellent defender. But if I'm being honest, if I've got to lose one, I think it would be White that I would lose. Uh, the midfield four, I'm sorry, that treble winning Man United side, none of them are getting in our midfield four of 92. Strachan, Batty, McAllister, Speed, the greatest four to grace the top flight. End of. There is no discussion. There's no argument. They are the greatest four, without a shadow of a doubt. Unfortunately, it's the year before the Premier League came along, so it doesn't get mentioned anymore. But they are, without a shadow of a doubt, the best balance of a midfield four you'll ever find. And up front, Lee Chapman. So I had to find someone to compliment Lee Chapman because we had Rod Wallace at the time, who basically all he used to do was feed off Chapman's flick-ons. He had the pace to get in behind. But I had to leave Wallace out because I had to get four in. So I've gone for Andy Cole up front with Lee Chapman on the grounds that he can just win Chapman's flick-ons and just convert a whole host of chances. Um, and manager, well, it's going to be Howard Wilkinson, isn't it? obviously. Sorry. goes without saying. Not about 11. Do you know what, though? It was horrible. I hated every minute of dropping any... And I'm sure if Natalie did the same, if she did the treble side and our 92 went inside, she would hate dropping any of that team because it's because they are players that you just become... 
like Mel, I love Mel Sterling, and I could watch Mel Sterling videos from day for, for days on end. So to leave him out and pick Gary Neville absolutely <laughs> broke me in two. <laughs> and I'm going to rip it up now, so it's never seen again, never heard of again. <laughs> for me, though, I love Gary Neville, but like I said, for me, he's not even the best fullback at Man United. That's why I picked two like left backs. I know that's controversial. Cool. Yeah, because I do think those two are the best sort of fullbacks. If you had to say, I know it's like that, but for me, the best midfield. I mean, for example, you said I'll leave at the whole 90, 99 midfield. Kino is the best midfielder I have ever seen in my life. I know that's, I know, like, how can I say that? But he is just seeing him in person and just, oh, he's just everything. He is what it means to play football. If I could play football, I'd play like him because. He is just like 75,000 people playing football and then that's him. So you wouldn't take Ronnie Woolwork over Roy Keane then, no? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the interest of fairness, um, because obviously Reid has done the Leeds team and sort of balancing this out, um, the same lad I mentioned or worked with who's a United fan, uh, yeah, I, I subcontract, subcontracted this out to him and he's given us 11 as well. So if you don't mind, I'll rattle through that. So, and it, it's a similar start to the one that really picked uh, Big Dane in goal, Schmeichel. I don't think there's been anyone better than him. Well, not recently anyway. Um, if you know, it's like with the manager, big shoes to fill, but big gloves to fill in this. Um, back four, Neville, Bruce, Ferdinand and Irwin. Obviously, Ferdinand and Irwin, which I didn't realise till earlier, both yeah, yeah. played for Leeds. I knew Ferdinand did, obviously. Um, midfield four, Beckham right side. Gary Speed, well, the late, great Gary Speed. Sorry, give his proper yeah. respect uh, on the left side. Uh, in the middle, interesting combination. This <laughs> is gone. <laughs> and I'm laughing because you, you'll see why. Roy Keane and... Carlton Palmer. Wow. If ever there's an, if ever there's an odd couple, then that's it. Um, and up front, he's gone full leads with Mark Viduka and Tony Yeboah. Oh, there you go. And obviously, Fergie in charge. I'm not sure Carlton Palmer are getting my best 92 93 side, let alone. Let alone. Not, not at all, would I? Not at all. And having played for us as well, I don't think you're getting our top 100 players, let alone <laughs> 11. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's that one. Uh, so one question we do like to, because we asked this of the guys who did the Wolves West Brom one. So, and and I'll, I'll add it with a caveat. Every fan thinks that their rivalry is the biggest rivalry in the country. And to them, it is the biggest rivalry in the country. To me, Leeds May United is the biggest rivalry end of. But that's because I'm a Leeds fan. I'll say if you speak to Oxford and Swindon fans, theirs is the biggest without a shadow of doubt. Heidi, if you had to pick all the rivalries in the UK, where would you stick Leeds Man United if you had to chart it, if you like, in terms of a rivalry? I suppose it's it's probably got to be a top one, really, um, in the sense that it's it's been there from the word go. Um, I mean, I've been following Leeds over 50 years, so, you know, I've seen plenty of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there might have been rivalry with a lot of the other clubs, but... I suppose that, that to me has got to be top, I think. 
Natalie, I know you're not putting it top because you gave that away earlier. So if you <laughs> if you were taking all the rivalries in the UK, where would you pitch Leeds Man United? No, I would pitch up there like with the top ten though. I, I just think like what you said about what Fergie said about the vitriol. Um I do think it's up there. I do think like the only the one that I think comes close, and I'd say you could probably even say this is the best one, but I don't I, so I'd definitely say, obviously, Liverpool and, and Man United is up there um, as the top, or if not, to this one. Uh, Celtic Rangers, for me, that's one that is up there as, as a... Oh, like, they do not like each other. So, and obviously, I'd put Leeds, Man United very high up that as well. Because I just think, and no disrespect for it to anyone, but I just think, like, ones like Spurs and Arsenal, even though it's a big one, I just don't think it's the same. I know that sounds a bit you know, controversial. I'm sure you'll have other fans and even Mark will say about the Midlands one. I just don't feel, maybe it's because I'm I'm in the North and I, I, that's how I feel and this is how it is and I, and I live it. But even like sort of just, I think we take things serious in the North. That's why I think Glasgow one is probably up there as the best because I just think in the North, it matters so much. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter down South or in the Midlands, but I just think, the, the northern ones are just the real ones and the rest are just just not as good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the thing is, where we're concerned, everywhere we go, where our game is classed as a cup final because our scalp is worth it to everybody, to be honest. Um, and they always raise the game when the players, you can guarantee they can be playing rubbish and as soon as we turn up, We've got to play them, plus the referees and linesmen, of course. As well, <laughs> you know. yeah, come, come back when you covered one of your opponent's stands in Tesco carrier bags. <laughs> yeah, That's one the Wolves fans won't forget. We, we've nervously avoided doing Celtic Rangers so far, haven't we, Mark? For now, yeah. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That, that'll be fun. We might have to have two separate Zoom calls and some clever <laughs> yeah, editing. Yeah. <laughs> might be a bit of a post-watershed one, potentially. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, um, I think, given that the list that we've got here, that's pretty much drawn a, a conclusion to things now, isn't it? We've gone through everything we needed to. So, uh, yeah, I think all that there's left us to say is... Heidi, thank you very much for joining us. Natalie, thank you very much for joining us. Reedy, thank you for joining us. No, no problem. I'll be, I'll be happy to come back again, Mark, for the next one. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Enjoyed well, it. Thank you for the invitation. No, it's been a pleasure. Not better than I ever than I dared or when when I read, oh, I was I'm thinking I, I hate red. I hate red. But that's because we everywhere I went in the 70s, trouble appeared around us, and there were always the red teams that were around us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, it's given. You know, I don't know what really take on this is, but it's given a sort of different viewpoint, especially Heidi from going back a little bit further. I don't mean that. You know, in, in, <laughs> don't take it. Don't take it. So, yeah. I class myself as privileged of having been there to see the best yeah. team ever, and uh, you know. I'm still 35, even if anybody says different. There you go. I'm just jealous of the fact you've all been talking about European games and trophies. I'm sat here thinking, I've done <laughs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won the championship in 2000 and something. So, yeah, that'll do. But, yeah, Reedy, if you want to sign off, I'll hand over to you, mate. Uh, yeah, so 
It's been great. Thank you very much, guys, for coming on. We'll give a little teaser for the next one. Natalie, the, you, you won't like this, but it is a derby from the south. She's, she's... Arsenal versus... Uh... <laughs> 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 that, that it might be. <laughs> you never know. So, Heidi, Natalie, thank you so, so much for joining us. Genuinely do appreciate it. And uh, this has been Know Your Enemy podcast, episode two. And see you very shortly for episode three. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, ladies. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, to say I didn't have a horse in that particular race, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I uh, actually learned some stuff as well. It was good fun, I have to say. And, and in, in both in their own very separate ways, I thought they were both great guests. I mean, have you ever heard such a passionate talk about women in football than we did from Natalie? Uh, other than listening to stuff about her game too, no. Yeah, she was. I thought she was fantastic. I thought she sold the whole her game. Anyone who's anyone's got any doubts about the her game two movement just needs to listen to her for five minutes. Yeah, that's it. And it sounded like well, I, I obviously don't know how old she is, but I mean, she sounded quite knowledgeable. You know, going back a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely. So, and I think uh, what was quite interesting as well, because obviously she gave the kind of modern her game two thing, if you like. And then Heidi told some of the stories of like the really dark days when she first started going to football. Yeah. By God, thank God we've moved on from those days. Um, you know, for, from some of the stories she told, it was like, God. Um, and, and we even discussed the rivalry as well. Yes, we managed to fit the actual topic in there. <laughs> it was interesting to see one thing that was interesting for me as a Leeds fan I know that that's our biggest rivalry I'm not you know we're not going to hide that that is our biggest but it was interesting to see that Natalie said that she actually thought we were probably above Man City in terms of their rivals I thought that was quite interesting that was I didn't expect that no I think it's probably because you've got more you've probably played them more haven't you yeah I, say. I, I mean, so. without looking into it yeah, that, that's usually why it is. Like I said, uh, about the generational thing. Yeah. You know, for us, like, it was in my dad's era because we played the Villamore. That was the derby. Yeah. Whereas for me, since I'll be going up the Albion, Wolves are the ones that we played more because I've been in the same division more often than not. Yeah. That's the derby for me. So it, it could easily change. Yeah. Who knows? Shall we reveal for definite who? I mean, we did kind of allude to it in the chat. Shall we reveal for definite who the next rivalry is going to be, Mark? Um, we might as well. Yeah, we're not not in the business of uh, teasers, are we? We might as well. No, I think we're, we're heading to the big smoke, aren't we? Yes, we're going down south. Yes, down to uh, down to North London, no less, and yes. uh, the the might of Arsenal and Tottenham. You, you say might. Not so much recently, is it? But I'm saying that from a, a distance anyway, back in the championship. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, looking forward to that one because there's there are two teams who we know have got not a second's time for each other, full stop. No, so I don't think there's a, there's certainly no, and I think it'd be interesting to find out because from the outside, it seems like that rivalry has got a lot worse recently to me. Probably because, uh, and this is just my personal opinion, they're both playing for the same sort of position in the league. Yeah. They're both trying to sort of grab that last Champions League place. Yeah. And, and not having to play on a Thursday night. 
uh, looking looking forward to get stuck into that one. But before then, Mark, I'm sure you probably got another show coming out. Have you got anything lined up for before then? Um, before that one is recorded and released, uh, I recently spoke to the host of the absolutely brilliant, fantastical podcast, um, Steve Nussbaum, who's a Latin Orient fan. So that's one for uh, for the red side of Leighton, is it in London? I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'll, East I'll, London. My, yeah, my geographical knowledge of the capital isn't great unless it's, you know, the north. Yeah, which mine, we've just alluded to. Yeah. Mine's not clever. I could do West London with Chelsea and Fulham, but other than oh yeah, that, there's that as well. Yeah, I'm, keep I'm you struggling. On. Yeah. Um, after that, I've got a couple of lads from a wrestling podcast. Rob, who I've spoke to before, is a Huddersfield fan. Um, he's coming back to do his trip here through time. Yeah. And then he's bringing his mate along and co-host Dan, who's a Liverpool fan, who I'm sure he'll chip in with a few things and probably end up taking the piss out of him for supporting a shit team. <laughs> Which, so. And that's where I will suffer as well. <laughs> but how about you? Have you got on the uh, on the radar for the, the coming so, weeks? I'm not going to lie. We've got I've got a little bit of a break because obviously a lot of what I do is based around the football season actually taking place. So I've, I've kind of taken a little bit of a break, but I have got a one off special. Well, I've got hopefully a two off special coming up. The first part is going to be women in football. So I've got two girls coming on one who's a her game two. Uh, ambassador for Rochdale FC, a girl known very well to yourself in Charlotte, who you had on your show. Yep, previous and guest on, yeah. I've also got Lauren, who is a physio and has been a physio in football, men's football for years. So I'm going I'm going a bit serious, which is not like me and my shows. It's going to be quite interesting how it develops because I want to get into, you know, what is it like for a girl going to football on the train, standing on the terraces or sitting in, in the, 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 the pubs, listening to lads singing the songs that we've all heard sung about women. Yeah. What is it like for a woman physio in a male changing room? That, you know, that that male bastion changing room, if you like. What's it like for a female physio to be in amongst that? I'm just really interested to, to get real stuck into it because I just think this is, I think I can learn a lot from it. And I'd like to think others can possibly learn something from oh, it. Definitely. And, you know, I think there's times where perhaps we actually, I think some blokes will know they're doing it. And we'll be doing it on purpose. I think actually genuinely there will be some blokes who don't realise what they're doing is offending people. They just sort of get swept up with it. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. You, you say about the female physio thing. Wasn't the one at Chelsea that was in... Uh, what, what happened there? I think it was Mourinho was in charge. Yeah, well, he and, fired her, didn't he? Because Yeah, um, that's it. Because she went to go and give treatment to someone who'd gone down and he wanted her to not do that, didn't he? And you've stolen one of my questions to her, but I'm, I'm going to ask her... If that was a male physio, do you think he'd have been sacked? I well, I'll argue mine. So I don't think so. Not a chance in hell. No. Is and if it had kicked off, you know, the special one getting his ass kicked. Yeah, that'd have been funny. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so yes. I think that probably draws us just about to a close, mate. I, I would say it does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, any thank we, yous we want to make before we go? I was going to say, should we thank the people involved in this? So I want to say thank you to Natalie for accepting the invitation. Yeah, big thanks to Heidi for accepting our invitation as well. Much appreciated. And I think a, a big thanks as well for the uh, the lads who provided us with the theme tune to this, the guys from Skylight, who, uh, as I know from you, are big Leeds fans as well. 
massive Leeds fans currently on tour got a big gig in Leeds coming up I do believe there are still a few tickets left if you've not got one so uh, do the right thing if you live how, here. The, how the hell are they not sold out that's what I want to know I don't know I don't think there's many left to be fair it's no, the okay. biggest the biggest gig they've taken on and I don't think there's many left so I think you'd have to get in pretty quick if you want to go yeah, and if you're not familiar with them check them out on Spotify iTunes wherever you get your music you will not regret it definitely not so uh, right. I think all that's left to say is from uh, from me Reedy Thanks for listening, people. Yep, and I'll say thank you as well for listening to us. I'm Mark from the Project Football Podcast. Yeah, Reedy from Beat the First Man. We were Know Your Enemy Podcast, and we'll hit, we'll see you all again for the next one. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>